Crystal Dunn. Welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. Welcome to the 100th episode of Diaspora United. And with a little assist from Christina, Courtney and I have a very special guest. I can't believe this is happening, actually. <laughs> like, I'm still, my mind's still blown. We have Crystal Dunn with us on the podcast. Crystal, how are you? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, year started off and it's a big year for women's sports and women's soccer. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to kick this thing off with you guys. Oh, yeah, we're so we're honored so and, and just you. grateful, like really, really happy to talk and excited to talk. So like, we're going to try and get in as many questions as possible and respect your time. But uh, first of all, thank you so much. <laughs> all right, Andre, let's get it started before we just <laughs> continue beaming. Uh, so recent, so we want to talk first a little bit about the NWSL and the season so far. Um, you recently, recently mentioned that you completed your first 90 back since uh, being a mom so how has it been you know what, what has your journey been like yeah I mean it feels crazy that um you know just recently I kind of got through my first 90 minute game but I mean that's part of the journey you know all of our journey back to the pitch from pregnancy is so vastly different I think that's what's really cool and amazing um yeah I feel good um it took me a while to start feeling good I think that's the lesson I learned is you know, as, as an elite athlete, you kind of feel like you're a super, superhuman. Um, and so kind of postpartum, I was like, all right, Crystal, like, let's get, get back into this, you know? And I, I had to realize that, you know, one, I have to be patient with myself. I have to give myself grace, give myself the time that I need to kind of get back mentally, emotionally, and physically to the game, you know? And so, you know, a game like the other night playing my first 90 minutes, it, it, it was just this huge sigh of relief. Like, you know, it was all worth it. You know, it was all worth the kind of journey, the ups and downs along the way. And um, for me, I'm, I'm truly grateful for every opportunity that I have to just play this game. Um, I think now being a mom, I'm so appreciative of like every little moment, every touch, every pass, um, every training session, every game. So um, that's where I'm at. I'm absolutely beaming every single day that I'm playing the sport. Yeah. And so that's actually one thing that we noticed. I feel like recently we've seen just like play with a lot of joy. So, you know, what else, like what has been giving you joy these days? Is it just, you know, being back on the field or, you know, trying to balance it all? Also, happy belated Mother's Day. <laughs> Thank um, you. So, yeah, what's just bringing you joy? Yeah, I think, I mean, easy answer, joy to me is my son. You know, I think um, when you become a parent, one, you realize that you are forever changed. Um, you are no longer that person that you were before having a baby. I don't even know what I was like before. I was like, oh, I had so much time. Like, what was I doing with my time? Because I don't have that time anymore, you know? Um, but I think for me, it's perspective. You know, I think I used to hang my head on things that didn't really matter. You know, like a, a missed pass, a missed opportunity, an off game, things like that, that, you know, as an athlete, yeah, they matter. But to me, I get to come home now and, and take care of this little one and watch him grow, watch him develop. And that that puts so much more in perspective. And it's made me a better a, a better person. And, and on top of that, I think it's made me an overall better player. I'm wondering if like, so you mentioned getting back to, you know, yourself, getting back to playing 90 minutes, giving yourself grace. Does the perspective of having a kid kind of help in terms of giving yourself that kind of grace? Yeah, I mean, I think having a kid makes you really realize like nothing in this world matters more than protecting him and, and, and making sure that he has everything that he needs. You know, I think 
Um, I actually joked with my mom recently and, you know, anyone that knows my mom, like she does not play any games. She always protected me any, every step of the way. And I used to always joke with her, like, mom, like, you know, calm down. Like you're, you know, you're getting a little riled up. And I find myself actually channeling my inner mom of my own mom in myself. And I'm like, dang, I now know why she was getting crazy or that she kind of went into mama bear mode all the time. And I think it's actually funny when it makes me realize like I'm getting old because I'm becoming my own mom. But I think it also makes me realize like you go through such lengths when you're a parent, like you really like nothing else matters. You know, like to me, I'm like this game, I love it. I've, I've played it my whole life, but I end the game and whether I scored goals, whether I tripped over the ball, whether I fell flat on my face, like to me, it's like, I just am good and at peace with where I am because I get to be someone's mom. I get to like, have this joy um, every single day. And it's it's so important. It's something that I wish and hope everyone can experience. I know kids are not for everybody, but I think he's exactly what I needed to like continue on in my career, you know, to, to really give me something extra that I think I, I probably needed to, to continue um, playing this game. Would you say that it was, you know, so the NWSL passed, you know, this huge historic collective bargaining agreement we saw also the U.S. Women's National Team uh, get, a, you know, obviously equal pay and a new collective bargaining agreement. Would you say that was kind of a, a little bit of like a factor in deciding to become a parent, knowing that, you know, for example, I know in the league right now, it's a big thing of having partnerships with, um, was it fertility clinics and things like that? Like, was that like a factor, I guess, in your decision? Um. You know, I would say I was always hopeful that uh, the women's game was going to grow um, and be in a better place than, you know, where I, where I found it and where I started. Um, I think I've always wanted to be a mom. Um, I always wanted to be a mom and always knew that I probably would pursue motherhood along with playing, you know, the sport. Um, I think those that have done it before me have definitely paved the way because it's not easy. Um, even now with a lot of things set up and in place for us, it's still not easy because you're sacrificing a year and some change off of your career. Like that's, that's unsettling. You know, that makes you feel like there's so much doubt and uncertainty and, and, you know, anyone who knows, you know, playing a sport for a living, like your body is your job, you know? So the moment you announce you're pregnant, the moment you are pregnant, and then especially announce that you're pregnant, you're, you're forever different. People are looking at you differently. They, you know, some may judge, oh, she's deciding to have a baby while she's playing soccer. Like, why would she ever do that? And then there's a lot of support, which is amazing, but it still leaves you with, that feeling of, you know, will I be the same? Will I bounce back? Can I still continue pursuing everything that I wanted to to do and more? Um, and I, you know, everyone I talk to who's gone through this path have, have had that bit of doubt. But I think my whole thing is just making sure you don't live in that moment too long. You know, I think there's always a, a matter of questioning yourself. Can you do it? That's always going to creep into your mind, regardless of your profession. You know, whether, you know, you have an office job, whether you... Uh, run a podcast, whether you're an elite athlete, like, I think doubt is always something that creeps in. But it's like knowing that, you know, just stay that journey, stay on that path. And I think that's ultimately where I find myself now. I mean, there's been so much change in the women's game, as you touched on the CBA, um, equal pay, um, so many big moments are happening. And now I get to raise a child in a world that looks different than when I was a kid, you know, and I think that that's that's really cool and that's amazing. It's really promising. Um, and so I think now in this day and age, I'm, I'm really proud and honored to be a mom because I, I see that the future is so much more brighter than it was when I was a kid growing up. So you mentioned when you, of course, become pregnant, decide to have a baby, you're looking at, you know, time away from soccer. However, you were back on the pitch, what, less than five months after giving birth? 
Yeah, How I was. Is I my was, question. Yeah, that was crazy, right? I mean, that was that was wild. Um, yeah, I think throughout my journey, I always realized that you know every woman's different. Some people want to be pregnant and they want to be off to the side. They want to be you know in their own space, doing their own thing, and I respect that. I think. Um, you have to find what works for you, what is going to give you peace of mind, what's going to allow you to, um, you know, just realize your new reality of like motherhood is around the corner. Um, and I think for me, staying in and around the game as long as possible was, was what gave me peace. Um, I was showing up to the stadium every single day, cheering my team on. I was still able to do some drills off to the side, um, be a bounce player that kind of was, you know, like I said, just playing balls in and not in contact, obviously. Um, and I was, I was on the field up until a week before I, I gave birth. Um, and that was, people probably are like, that's crazy. You know, like my teammates were like, are you going to give birth on this field? And I was like, I surely hope not. That is really not what I'm planning on doing. Um, but that gave me so much comfort in knowing that I'm still an athlete. Like I'm still here, you know, I look and feel different, but at the same time, like I'm still going to push myself to do all the things that find me uh, give me peace and, and find and give me a lot of joy in my life. And I think um, me coming back less than five months um, post, I think, was really just me being determined. Um, it was really important for me at the end of 2022 to play in at least one game. You know, I actually finished the season playing in six games, I think, in the NWSL and four games internationally. And that that was big for me because I knew this year in 2023 was a massive year for women's soccer. And I wanted to give myself the best opportunity to be in the best place possible to to fight for my roster spot, you know? So um, as much as I'd like to believe that what I've done in my my past has put me in a good place, like the reality is that there's good players out there. Like I wasn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just coast and feel like, yeah, just because of my name, I'm, I'm a shoe in you know? So I think playing at the end of last year was my way of saying like, I'm dedicated to, to, to this game. I'm dedicated to the journey. And um, and I just want to give myself that best opportunity to make that roster. Yeah, and I, I can't lie. I think for a lot of people, seeing you back on the field um, was obviously brought them a lot of joy. Um, also, seeing you score that semifinal banger. Let's <laughs> talk in. about it. We had to talk about it. Like, <laughs> yes! we were going to talk about it. So can you please, can you walk us through the play? Like, what was going through oh, your mind? God. Like, <laughs> just walk us through it. Yeah, I mean, I sub into this game. The game was wild as I don't know what. We go down in the first half, and we weren't playing well. So it was kind of one of those games where you're like, we could just lose this game. We're not looking good. We're not playing well. Um, then my, my teammate Rocky ties it up right before halftime, right? So boom, 1-1. One, one. Then, you know, I'm watching the game. I'm like, all right, this game is still kind of wild. But if I sub in, like, I'm going to give it my all and do what I got to do for the team. And so when I get in the game, I, I remember feeling good. Like, I had made a couple of tackles. Like, I was, you know, when you're just in that zone of, like, okay, like, the world, it, everything is simple, you know? Like, I just got the ball, played it. I wasn't trying to overdo anything. I was like, all right, Crystal, calm down. Don't, don't try to be the hero here. Like, just get it and play it, get it and play it. Um, and then we had a corner kick. And, you know, for me, it's like, as I see the ball go in, I was like, all right, let me just get in around the box just in case something pops out. And then lo and behold, this ball is trickling, trickling, trickling at the top of the 18. And I just remember being like, get there first, get there first, get there first. And I made clean contact with the ball. And, you know, as it leaves my foot, I was like, that felt kind of nice. Like, that felt kind of nice. Let's see where it goes. And then it sails into the net. And I just like, yeah, I mean, to this day, I still have chills because that goal meant more than just setting my team into a semifinal. It really 
captured the journey. It captured, you know, why I pushed myself so much to come back this year. I mean, no one would have cared if I took all of last year off. Like the expectation for me was you just had a baby, like take your time and and come back when you, when you feel up to it. And I think for me, that goal really meant how, like it showed my dedication. It showed like how much I really wanted uh, to achieve the goal that I had, which is to play in some games before the end of the year. Um, And so like I said, that goal meant more than just sending my team into a semi uh, into a final, which is incredible in itself. But it was just a special moment to say, like, Crystal, you you're good. Like, you're OK. Like, you're an OK player, you know. <laughs> Understatement of the year. <laughs> um, I also do want to mention two things. So, so I work for CBS. So I was coming back from a show during like uh, while stuff was going on, and Andre and I actually tweeted at the same time saying, "It's a beautiful day for Crystal Dunn to score a banger." And I'm not joking. <laughs> Ten minutes later, like the balls in the back of the Can net, you were like, "Keep we- that up, and keep that energy, please, coming my way." Like clearly, you're my lucky charm. So um, I appreciate that. Um, and like I said, I subbed into that game not thinking that I'm really about to do a whole bunch of anything. Just simply like just trying to play my part. You know, I think that's what's really incredible about this game is that. Being on the stat sheet is great. Like I always, you know, step on the field wanting to, you know, assist, to score, to to do those things. But just like something as simple as making tackles, you know, that builds you into the game. That really gives you that like confidence. Like physically, I can compete. Like I'm here. Like I'm in this game, you know. And I think that's those were the moments that led into that goal, which is like me just overall feeling physically able to like hang and meet the demands of the the game. So um, yeah, what a special moment. I, so this is, I didn't have, I didn't plan on asking this, but I remember that game and I remember Rocky's goal was great too. Does she ever be like, Hey, why'd you upstage? Like nobody remembers my goal. I was like, like she I, did. The thing is she had an incredible goal like I, too. Rocky's goal was absolutely incredible. And first of all, it kept us in the game because we were looking busted in the first half. I was like, yo, we don't look good. This is going to be, this is not, this is going to be a long game, you know? And yeah, her, her, you know, her volley was, was really nice. So I had to say, let me go up a level rock and challenge you. And, you know, um, no, but both goals, honestly, it's just like special moments because like they're momentum changers, you know, like, you know, every goal is probably important in a game, but it's like the timing of the goal and the, the like, you know, the impact of that goal. I think both goals felt like, all right, momentum is is in our favor. Like we we're going to pull something out of this game. Yeah, that's honestly one of my favorite moments. I think I think Meg Linehan tweeted the 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 YouTube video of it like last week or something, and I was just like watched it all over again. Like it's just, <laughs> it's outrageous. It's one of my favorite moments. Um, I wanted to move on to a little period where we want to talk about Marcel a little bit. You know, saw him you know on on Instagram stories. You know, kicking a <laughs> soccer ball around, chasing it. I think he tried to do a step over and fell. Maybe yeah, you know, we'll work on that. Yeah, but the, the man's- <laughs> Coordination ain't where it needs to be, but we're gonna we're gonna keep working on that. But I mean, yeah, he he's such a fun kid. He has so much personality. Um, he makes everyone feel welcome and loved. Which sometimes I'm like, okay, tone those smiles down. Don't give those out for free. Like you gotta be a little stingy with your smiles. But he really, I mean, I joke with my team. He's like the communal baby. Like anyone who needs a laugh, who needs just something, some joy in their life. Um, I, you know, I just. Easily, I'm like, here you go. Y'all have him for, you know, as long as you need. Don't, you know, lose my number. I'm actually going away. So um, I feel like he just is a breath of fresh air. He's been so easy to travel with. Um, I just, I really lucked out. Like, he he travels well. He sleeps on every airplane ride, like, most of the flight. Um, like I said, his personality is just shining through now where you you feel like you can interact with him. You know, like, he's not a toddler yet, but, like, 
he laughs at you like he he really shows you like I'm paying attention to what you're doing you know so it's it's been really great to share him with everybody um I'm a firm believer that it takes a village to to raise a baby um so I couldn't do this alone my teammates have been so supportive um everybody who I you know bring around him has been just absolutely amazing and just helping me out in everything that I need does he have like a favorite one of your teammates favorite auntie. oh favorite yes auntie. he loves his auntie Sophia he <laughs> loves Soph um she is so good with kids um I keep forgetting that she is so young and I'm like okay slow your roll don't be so good with kids like you are a kid yourself kind of thing but um no she's so mature so she's she's great with babies she's loved my son from the moment you know she first laid eyes on him and um, having her just as a teammate on both teams, national team and um, club, has been has been great. She gets a lot of Marcel time. <laughs> are, are you aware of this? Is kind of a a, a kind of like black soccer Twitter kind of kind of <laughs> com, uh, question? Are, are you aware that he is known as Young Nephew? Like all of us has adopted him as Young Nephew, um, so that is Young Nephew to us. Yes, I am aware, and I freaking absolutely love that. I think that that. Like I said, it makes me feel like he's he's everyone's child. Like, I really love having a son that, like, people can really vibe with him. Like, he is going to make you laugh. He's going to laugh at you. He's going to smile. He's going to show you that, um, you know, that he's happy. And that's what you want as a parent. You want your kid to feel um, joy. You want everyone to f- around you feel like they can kind of participate in his development and in his growth. Um, he's turning one next year. I mean, next year, next month. Next month. What am I saying? Oh, my gosh. He's turning one next week, guys. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I have mom brain. Um, he's turning one next week, and I can't believe it. Like, I literally can't believe it. And I'm throwing a big birthday party for him, which every parent does for one-year-olds, and they don't even need a birthday party, really, because they don't remember anything. But the party, to me, is really just allowing everyone to be a part of, like, the journey. You know, there's so many incredible people that have been there from day one until now. And I'm just like, you guys, this is a celebration for all of us for making sure this baby is alive and well, like shout out to everybody. Everybody's getting high fives for that because like I said, it takes a village to raise him. So, um, I look forward to that. (laughs) I love it. And we also have to ask um, how are your chickens? They're great. Actually, I'm surprised you can't hear them because they're actually pretty loud. But maybe, you know, it's, you know, maybe you guys don't. But they, um, they're they doing well. Um, I did lose two last year. Um, so it was really sad. I started off with five. Um, so one I lost actually right before I brought the baby home from the hospital. So, like, you can only imagine, like, I have this new son and this baby and I'm, like, so happy. But then it's like I lost my chicken. So I'm also, like, devastated and sad. So it was it was a hard week. I, like... I love animals and like everyone's probably like it's a chicken why are you so caught up in it and I'm like no once you name an animal like that's your pet like that's your like your life you know um so I lost her uh, you know right around May this time and then I lost one later in the year and it's been kind of sad they don't live very long so it's like I I expected them to probably you know at some point have some unknown kind of illness at some point or they they just sadly like die unexpectedly but um I have three. They're remaining. They're laying their eggs. I give my eggs to my teammates um, whenever they ask. Um, I don't know if you guys know a lot about chickens, but they lay an egg every day. So you can only imagine, like, oh. that's a lot of eggs. <laughs> I love it. Every single day, guys. Each chicken lays an egg. So I'm just like, by like Wednesday of each week, I'm like, guys, I have like four dozen eggs. Like, who wants these, like, who wants these eggs? Um, so many eggs. Oh, they're so much. Yeah, it's crazy. I knew. 
I should have known this about chickens before I got them, obviously, right? Like, maybe I should have done some research, and then all of a sudden they just started plop, 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 plopping these eggs out. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just did not know that. That is so many eggs. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It's crazy. So send me your addresses, y'all. I'm mailing you some eggs. This, this is OD over here. <laughs> Say, wow. Every single day. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you have like a frittata party? Like, what do you do with all those eggs? I know it's like I like eggs, but I don't Not eat eggs for like party. breakfast, lunch, and dinner like every single day. So, like, like I said, by the middle of the week, I'm kind of like, what should I do with these eggs? Like, I do like quiche, so sometimes I make quiches because like you can use a whole lot of eggs and like you can save it for like days down the you know down the road and stuff like that, but. No, I run out of ideas. I mean, there's only so many omelets that you can eat on a daily basis. So therefore, like, I'm just left with a lot of eggs. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. So we do want to transition. Oh, so quickly um, to talking a little bit about the midfield. Andre and I feel like we'll gladly say that we are leaders in the put Crystal Dunn in the midfield brigade. <laughs> um, we've been very loud about it. I actually think that was probably our first interaction ever in life. Was we're like, Crystal Dunn needs to go in the midfield. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm happy you guys mentioned that because, like, it's not a new headline, right? And I've been talking about how I feel like my most authentic version of myself when I play in the midfield or at least higher up the pitch. And, you know, I did a GQ article last year, um, and it really was an article that I feel like for the first time I was able to, like, just voice my journey where I where I've been um, my journey into motherhood and then obviously my journey on the field Um, and it got a lot of buzz positive in some ways and then you know it caught kind of some probably negative moments because obviously me speaking in favor of one position means that I'm obviously bad-mouthing another position that I play and it's not really about that I think what I felt like I did in this article was speak from a very truthful place that I don't normally get to speak from because I think everything in you know my my world is always you know be diplomatic if someone asks you you know do you love playing outside back I've always been like yeah I love playing you know I love to be on the field I'm a competitor you know anywhere that I can I can play I'm gonna play um but you know the 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 question wasn't do you love playing outside back it was where do you want to play where do you absolutely love playing and my answer was in the midfield um I feel like I feel like my skill set is just it's really about being being creative, being fluid, being able to break lines, being able to connect with people around me. And I just feel like as an outside back, I don't really get to do that. Um, I, I'm a little bit more, you know, tied to basically being connected to the back line and I don't get to move up, up, up top as much as I'd like to because you're at the mercy of what the game presents. Um, and so, you know, that article was really me just coming from a very truthful, um, authentic place and just sharing that, you know, this is what I would choose if I had any say over where I get to play. But the reality is my journey has always led me down this versatility road of wherever the coach kind of needs me. I'm, I'm kind of dropped in that place and it comes with its perks. I think it's a almost like a backhanded compliment in a sense. It's like you're really good at many things. So whatever you want to do, you know, it doesn't really matter because we're going to put you wherever we need you. Um, you know, and I think that's part of my story. It's part of my journey um, when I share and speak to young kids, I always tell them that versatility is great. Um, you're going to be one of the smartest players on the field when you get to play multiple positions because you read the game well. You get to appreciate all the angles of the field. You get to appreciate every position as well. I mean, I know what it feels like to be a forward, a midfield, and a defender. So best believe when I'm in the midfield and my forwards are 
making defensive runs backwards. I'm like, yes, like I appreciate you guys for doing that, you know? So um, I think my versatility has come with a lot of perspective, but it also comes with, yeah, a lot of, a lot of pain kind of, you know, a lot of, a lot of feeling of you don't belong any, any place on the field. You just belong where the coach puts you. Um, And that doesn't always feel great. And I think I always tried to hide away from saying that and being, being honest about that. And I think, Maybe being a mom has made me realize, like, I'm about to speak my truth. Like, I'm a mom now. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to please everybody because that's impossible to do. And I think where I, where, what I realized in that article is that I feel so confident in what I've done in my career and who I am as a person that it's now time for me to speak my truth. And like I said, it's not throwing shade on my position on the national team because best believe when I'm playing outside back, like, I am... <laughs> bodying people out the way and I'm doing what I have to do to be the best for my team. But, you know, like I said, the question wasn't, do you like playing outside back? It was, where do you really want to play? Where do you love playing? And what's your best position that you see yourself playing? So. Yeah, exactly. I feel like under and just a little bit off of that answer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we have like, um, do you feel like there maybe will still be a possibility uh, like leading up to the World Cup? Maybe in the world. Look, we don't know what's in Vlaku's head. Maybe oh, something gosh. crazy. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Um, I, <laughs> do you think that's... I would say I don't think there's a real possibility. I think where I am is where I am. Um, I think I accept and embrace it. I mean, I think, you know, when, am I cl- when I'm in club, I try to ball out of the midfield. I try to do my my thing. You know, I don't, I don't let my role on the national team hinder kind of what I can contribute to my club team. Um, it is a different boat that I'm in than – than any other player because you know when you go from international duty to club you're pretty much playing the same position usually so you get to like hone in on all the things that you need to do um in your position in club so that you can be the best that you could be internationally and I think for me that's not my journey that's not my reality um you know when I catch up with my national team uh coaches like they're not really able to really provide me feedback because it's kind of like I'm playing outside back on the national team and then in the midfield they're like all right you're playing in the midfield and club like I don't really know uh, how best to give you feedback and stuff, but I think it's just part of my journey. It makes me me. It makes me special. Uh, I think, like I said, when I was younger, I feel like I used to be a little like bothered by it, but I think now I'm kind of like, I step into the space where I'm like, no, this is me. This is a, this is a space that not a lot of people get to walk in and like, that's okay. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable anymore. It makes me feel like this is actually like my superpower. This is like me being me and doing what I need to do and showing up for, for my team. So I, I have a question about that kind of, especially from fans, because, you know, we, 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 we in the trenches sometimes, like, yeah. then, you know, like, no, you, you don't understand. I'm stirring some stuff up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, like y'all don't understand the, what the crystal done in midfield. Like that is, it's incredible. So like, do you get frustrated a little bit or is it kind of annoying that people who kind of just watch the national team and that's happening less and less thanks to the accessibility of the NWSL, but like people who just watch that and think like, no, she's, she's a great left back. That's what Crystal Dunn is when people may not realize that actually you have a much better position that happens to be in midfield. Yeah. I mean, it probably still does frustrate me. Like I'd be lying if I'm like not irked at, at any point during the season, but I think, I used to fight so hard against it and be like, you know, why, why, why can't I get my way? Why can't I get my way? And I feel like I probably then started not playing at my best because I was so caught up in things that I'm like, honestly, it's really out of my control. Like, unless I'm prepared to knock on a coach's door and be like, hey, I demand I play here. Like, 
the reality is like where I'm at is where I'm at, you know, and um, I'm somebody that is super competitive, um, put me anywhere and I will prove that I'm the absolute best in that position. Even if I'm, I joke around and say like, I'm part-time, like I'm part-time left back, I'm part-time midfielder, you know, like, but to me, I'm so competitive that I'm like, I don't care if I've had two reps before this, like, I'm going to show you that I'm about to be the best, or at least that's where my, that's my, my expectation, you know? Um, and so when I first started playing outside back on the national team, like, yeah, there's some nerves. There was some uncertainty. There was doubt. I wasn't the best in that position at all by any stretch. I was timid. I didn't know, even though I'm relatively quick and fast, it's like being fast as a defender doesn't mean that you're going to guarantee you're guaranteed anything, you know? And so I had to learn how to use my strengths and actually be better and be a student of the game. And so when I started doing that and, and investing in myself um, as an outside back, like I learned, all right, I can do this. Like I can do this because to me, it's just a challenge. You know, you're, you're asking me to, to stop ultimately the best players on someone else's team. Like to me, I'm like, I accept that challenge, you know? And I think that's a big part of why in 2019, like, I just balled out. Like I did what I had to do. Like my job was to shut players down. I said, and you did that. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? I said, cool. Like that's my job. I'm going to do that. You know? And, you know, I think looking back, I was like, man, going into that tournament, I was so nervous. I was like, man, there's so many doubters out there. Crystal's not a left back. You know, Crystal Dunn is actually what Crystal Dunn decides to be that day. That's what I am. (laughs) You know? And I think, Again, it's like people, people, the doubt that creeps in is people not knowing my game, not knowing what I'm capable of. And that's fine. That's always going to happen. But I didn't ask to be part-time. Like I didn't ask to be a part-time outside back or a part-time midfielder. Like if if I had my way, I'd be full-time midfielder, you know, but the reality is like, that's not my reality. So now for me, like to me, the game of soccer is simple. It's like you, you gave me a task, like I'm going to execute it to my best ability. And even if I fail one day, like I'm showing up the next day and I'm, gonna give it my all again you know so that's really how I attack handling kind of both positions it's like yo the coach gave me a task like cool I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I gotta do um hearing you speak I'm now fairly confident that if they were like we got to put Crystal in goal like I'm fairly confident <laughs> you would make a worldy save and like keep, um, you know, I, I have that confidence in you now but I may be chipped from half field but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my bunny rabbit shoes and get some leaps in but um <laughs> You know, that's one position that I'm like, yeah, please, dear, but do not put me there. Do not put me there. <laughs> um, would you, I am kind of curious about this, and uh, Andre and I are going to move to quick uh, rapid fire, but I am curious, would you say having played outside back that you now attack better? Now that you have to think in the mind of a defender, go when you do get the chances of going forward, you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to like shimmy my hips this way to make them think I'm going this way and yeah. cut another way. Definitely. I mean, I think anytime I get to experience playing in different positions, like I add what I know from one position into my new position. You know, I think for me, when I'm playing in the midfield, like I know how important it is to be that that midfielder that tracks back and that supports my outside backs when they step and when um, there's players running in behind. So like all the things that I've learned from just observing the game from different angles, I implement into um, my game, you know, and like you said, as an outside back now, it's like, yeah, I'm an, I'm an attacking minded player. So there's moments where I, I pick, you know, to basically say like, all right, I think I can create numbers up in this situation. Like me hanging back is actually not helping the team. Um, but me getting forward and getting involved is actually going to give that, that extra edge that maybe my team needs to send a, send across it, you know, and things like that. So, um, like I said, I, I've learned to kind of 
use versatility as a superpower. Uh, I'd be lying if I said that it is a smooth sailing road um, from here on out still. I think there's days where I, I get a little frustrated, but um, at the end of the day, I, I embrace it. I own it. Um, I, you know, I accept any challenge given to me and I always like to prove, not even to myself, but just prove that like, you your mind is so powerful like what you believe you can do like you would you would be amazed that you can actually do it you know and I think that's something that I learned throughout my years is just like don't be afraid of a challenge don't 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 shy away from a coach saying hey I want you to do this just you know be like okay you know this is this is maybe not what I saw myself doing but at the end of the day like you you've given me the challenge like all good let's go so having said that we know it's probably too early for the 2023 World Cup, but these things happen in cycles. So at the next cycle, after the 2023 World Cup, can we get very loud about Crystal Dunn in the midfield for the national <laughs> team? Do we have your permission? Because I would love to. It just needs, I need to see it. We oh, need to see my gosh. It. Guys, well, first of all, I have to have a good year this year. The year just started. You know, I'm just dipping my toe in. So How many I goals think... have you scored already? You yeah, four? I mean, I've scored goals already, which is, which is nice. And, you know, I'm back. I, 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 right. I feel better each game, too, which I think is so important. You know, for me, it's like, it's really, you know, having a good, strong start is important, but it's really about getting yourself to a place where like things feel so natural and you just feel like you're almost on like autopilot. And I want to get to that, that place. And I think, you know, any preparation is, is good preparation for, for the world cup. Um, I'm not playing my position that I do play obviously for the national team, but I think fitness being healthy, like those are two important things that every player looking to play in the world cup need, you know? So for me, it's like building that strength, building that confidence. And, you know, regardless of where you play on the field, like, connect your passes. Like to me, I'm like, I just got to keep this ball moving. I got to, you know, get my, continue with my vision. You know, if I see a ball that may be risky, like continue playing those balls, continue taking those risks. And um, I think that's just going to ultimately help me when I do transition into the national team is just that awareness and that vision that I always, as a player, want to continue building on. All right. So the, the final for the 2023 World Cup is on August 20th. So August 21st, we will start the Crystal Dunn midfield for the next cycle. Yes, That's what we're yes. Doing. I'm going to be on my parade. <laughs> I'm going to be like, uh, 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 let's get it. Um, yeah, we can start that after that, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Love that. Um, uh, real quick, I want Portland fans to plug their ears uh, because Courtney and I are both big Chelsea fans. No, Absolutely you played for Chelsea. I'm a Chelsea fan, yes. Uh, yes, you are. And so my, my my question is, we would not be doing our civic duty as supporters if we did not ask you, would you ever go back? Um, Portland fans, close your ears. Um, I'm open to it. I mean, I had a really great time playing under Emma Hayes. She was absolutely incredible. She had coached in the league um, in the NWSL. Actually, it was WPS at that time, I'm pretty sure. Um, and so she really valued... American soccer, like our mentality, our like never say die kind of mentality. And I think when I got to Chelsea, she really wanted me to help kind of the team with that. You know, like she was like, Crystal, you're so positive. You're so gritty. You're so like just passionate about the game. Like, can you, you know, continue just like having that leak into our, into our environment? And I was like, yeah. So I just remember our trainings there. Like I was like, the number one cheerleader, the number one, like kind of that person on the field that like everyone's probably like, okay, she's so annoying. But I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm energized. Like I'm fired up. Like whether we're doing 5v5 or we're doing a passing pattern, like that was something that I feel like she appreciated about me. Um, so for me, I felt valued there. You know, I felt like I got amazing training. Um, 
I was there right before the WSL is actually where, what it is now, like scheduling wise and just um, how, you know, visible the, the league is now. Um, and so it's actually incredible to see where, where the game has grown um, and what the teams over there are doing. Um, Chelsea also just won the FA Cup third time in a row. Yes. So, you know, we're popping. We're popping. <laughs> so would I play over there again? I'm very open to it because my experience there was incredible. And, um, you know, there's so many great people that were involved in that organization. And, you know, I, I think I'd be welcome back. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, keep, keep your ears plugged, Portland fans. Emma Hayes, make the call. <laughs> I'm going to call right now. <laughs> um, all right. We want to move into rapid fire. We will ask them rapidly. You don't have to answer rapidly. It's, okay. it's, I've never actually been rapid fire every time we've done it. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically, we kind of already went over this, but uh, your favorite goal that you've ever scored? Oh, you guys know what it is. It's definitely that goal in 2022 against San Diego, um, helping my team get into the final um, and first goal back from pregnancy. So, like, pretty cool moment. Yeah, that, Big that moment. I felt like that had to be that had to be it. But you know, you definitely. scored a lot, so we had to ask. <laughs> um, I want to. I want to know because you. You're, it's it's obviously more than just goal scoring. You got an, an all encompassing game, and one thing that I also love is you got m- many ways to get by a defender. So it was like the best skill you pulled off, where you were like, "Ooh, I got you!" Like, like. Ooh, um, yeah. I mean, I'd like to believe that I am fast, but I'm not the fastest on pretty much all of my teams. Like, I think I'm kind of one of those like top five kind of players where I'm like top five speed, top five quickness, top five fit, maybe. Um, but I think. My runs in behind, I feel like no one really sees coming because, like, I'm not this, like, player that's, like, super, like, yeah, I'm getting in behind, you know? Like, but I do, like, as a midfielder, whenever I'm able to, um, you know, creepily kind of push up on the line and then as my maybe outside back gets the ball and then I kind of dart in behind. So I would say that that's kind of my favorite run that I make. But, you know, shh, we can't be saying too much of what, you know, my skill is. I don't need people, right. you know, scouting me and knowing what I'm trying to do on the field. <laughs> I mean, I will say I did tweet this past weekend for the uh, for the brace you had. I said, "Why do y'all keep letting Crystal Sun open the box? Do you not want to keep open?" You know, people clearly people are sleeping on me because they're like, "Listen, we don't even need Mark Crystal. She's clearly nobody." So, okay, well, they clearly think I'm nobody. So, yeah, it was very silly. It was a very silly, silly soccer IQ. Someone I was like. Okay, you just you want to lose games. Okay, um, and what's I hope your... they keep doing it. It's, it's, <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs> uh, what is your get hype song? Oh gosh, I don't even know if I have a song anymore. But I definitely have Cardi B on repeat. Um, I don't even care what song it is. I just feel like whenever I hear Cardi, I'm like, yeah, it's game time. Like, let's go. <laughs> I feel like this is a this is a this is a question that I feel like I already know the answer to. So it's best dancer on the squad, but I'm pretty sure that's you. So okay, who's number two? I mean, listen, <laughs> other people have maybe said it, but here I am to you know <laughs> validate it. I do think I'm one of the better dancers on my teams. Um, I just I love to keep the mood light, you know. Like I like to remind people, like yeah, we play a sport for a living, but like let's get the vibes going, you know. So. But I, I do love music. I think music and sports are like the two things in this world that connect people. They make people feel um, happy and joyful. Um, and so whenever those two things collide for me, I'm just like, yes, like, here we go. <laughs> so, so who's the number two uh, best dancer on, on Portland and the national team? Oh, gosh. Okay. Portland. I would say, 
Oh, man. There's a lot of close seconds. I feel like, first of all, the thing you have to know about in the locker room is, like, people are shy. Like, you know, even if there's a good song on, people are kind of like, they do the the shoulder bump where they know that they want to do more, but they're like, am I going to get judged? So it's actually hard to know who's, like, kind of, like, in the race for a second because I'm like, people just want to do the two-step. And I'm like, I know you got more than that. Um, but Kelly Hubley is somebody in the locker room that just, she's, like, my hype person. Like, whenever I'm just feeling it, she won't let me dance alone. So okay. she's going to be my number two. <laughs> um, and then on the national team, you know, everybody has their own swag. Me and Pino be trying to, you know, learn new moves. I be trying to, you know, get her to, you know, just be up on the new, the latest dance moves, I would say. But um, again, I don't really know close second. I think on the national team, I think a lot more people dance, though. I think like the vibes people people really get 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 crazy. <laughs> uh, does it if you're trying to keep up with the trends? Does I mean you're on TikTok a lot, or you're like in um, okay, the TikTok so I have dances? a TikTok. I don't make a lot of TikToks, but I am a scroller, which is hmm. bad. That is like bad. You need to throw your phone away. You know, like you could be on that thing for like hours. Um, so I try to I try to stay up. You know, I'm a I'm a mom now. I try to remind people like I'm not you know old and washed up. Like I still I still keep up with the with the latest. Um, and so, yeah, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so what are you, like, watching, reading, listening to? Obviously, we, I mean, we know you have a baby, and yeah. babies take up a lot of time. But uh, maybe when Marcel's, like, taking naps. Like, what are- yeah. So I do love to read. I actually got a Kindle recently because I love handheld books. Like, I'm old school. Like, I love to, like, actually flip the pages of books. Um, but I did get a Kindle because now you can read them in, you know, in bed. You can just have them on the go. Um, I started the series, you guys are going to laugh at me. I started a series two years ago in the Olympics. It's called Throne of Glass. Um, Kling, uh, Megan Klingenberg recommended it to me, and I actually recommended it to Kristen Press in the Olympics. Um, okay. Well, Press went on to finish the whole series. Um, I am still on book number five, I think, out of eight. Um, but the joke is that, you know, I had a kid, obviously, between the Olympics and, and now, and I've just been trickling, like, slow reading. I feel like it's almost like a page a week that I'm reading. That's how <laughs> slow I've been reading. So I do love to read. I'm trying to get back into it. Now that my son is kind of, you know, a little bit more durable and able to kind of walk around and do his own thing, I think, like, my reading um, frequency will pick up. <laughs> my hope is that You should start a book club. Exactly. I should. Right. I should. These kids, man, they always want some time. You know, they always taking my time and energy away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing also, I don't think anyone or I'm not sure if anyone has ever asked this question, but why do you wear the number 19? Ooh. Okay. well, this is actually an amazing story. Um, So in college, I wasn't tied to a number, really. So I wore the number five. Right. Random number. No issue. Um, but the thing about UNC is a lot of legends came through UNC. So you have Christine Lilly, you have Mia Hamm, um, and all those numbers were retired. But then because there are so many great players that play at UNC, eventually those numbers have to like kind of come back out of retirement because we run out of numbers. Um, and so number 19 was Mia Hamm's number in college. And I remember it was coming out of retirement and she actually asked me like, would you mind, do you want to wear the number 19? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm going to disgrace this number. And like, you, like, Mia, what do you mean? Like, I can't wear your number, you know? And she was like, no, 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 Crystal. Like, I want you to wear this number. And oh, that's dope. I, yeah, I mean, I wore it. Um, I was actually able to retire it because I had Mia Hamm's name um, on one side. And then I won the Mac Herman in 20, 
2012. And so my number then went into retirement. So um, Alessia Russo actually wore number 19 at UNC after me. And on both her sleeves, it was Mia's name and my name. So um, so till this day, I wear 19 because it's a nod to Mia. Um, she's been so incredible in my in my journey. Um, she used to be around UNC a lot and gave me some massive um, pointers when I was, you know, just a college kid trying to find her way and, and not knowing, you know, where this game is going to take me, you know. And so she was somebody who always would, you know, reach out and just say, you're doing great. Like, keep going, keep going. And obviously, you know, internationally, she's this legend. Um, and so just I carry that number with me every everywhere that I go, every team that I go to. Um, I've been fortunate. I've played on four uh, professional teams now and the number 19 is always available guys like nobody <laughs> wants it I'll take it you know <laughs> so yeah it's a pretty cool story but um yeah not many people people know I think they think I just I don't know chose this quirky number but it actually has a lot of meaning to it and um yeah that's awesome. so I, I think yeah that's an awesome story um that's really really cool and I and I want to find that uh, I need to find a picture of uh, Russo in that jersey because I want to see yeah. what Hammond done on the on the sides that's awesome yeah um maybe the diff- most difficult question we've asked this is going to be tough uh your dream five aside oh gosh <laughs> it's the last oh, rapid man. fire question so take your time wow 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 um okay so me you know, got to have little old me on there. Um, definitely Soap Smith. I mean, she's just going to pound some goals in there, like shoot from all angles. And like, you know, I think Katerina Macario, she's so good on the ball, like crafty in tight spaces. I mean, if she's not playing 11 aside, like I can see her balling out in futsal, you know, like just her skill. Um, let's see, that's three. Okay. Mm, Rose Lavelle. I mean, she's good. She just, like, literally weasels her way out of, like, any space, you know? Um, And let's see, let's see. We're going to have to have Becky Sarabron. I mean, she is going to make sure we are locked and loaded, you know? Make sure net no ball is getting in the back of our net. Um, And I obviously, she's one of my bright spots of why I actually enjoy playing outside back on the national team. I mean, playing next to her has been absolutely incredible. Um, So, Becky Sarabron, for sure. That is an absolute incredible five aside. Um, <laughs> y'all could score a billion goals, and also no one would be, ever be able to take the ball off any of your feet. Absolutely like not. That. I mean, we'll have the ball the whole time, you know. <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, th- thank you again so much. This was so much fun. This was awesome. I really appreciate the openness, the answers, and joining us because we just a little old podcast and trying to do some stuff, and we are so so thankful and grateful to you for for giving us your time. Yes. Thank you guys so much. This was so much fun and incredible. And thank you guys for what you do. Like keep spotlighting the end of your cell, women of color in the sport. Like it really is incredible what you guys do. So thank you. Thank thank you. (laughs) I'm going to end it with Courtney laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Diaspora United podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora UTD POD. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.